Our scripture readings this Sunday talk a lot about prophets. Have you ever met a prophet? Do you know what prophets do? Our contemporary use of the word prophet and prophecy have drifted from the meaning of the original sense of the word. Today, when someone is called a prophet, we usually mean that they're some sort of visionary with some kind of woo-woo insight into the future. Prophecy is commonly misunderstood to mean some arcane writings that make veiled allusions to future events. You know, things that would be useful to know about in advance, like climate change and murder hornets and a global pandemic and next week's Powerball numbers. Why do we not ever get the Powerball numbers? That would be useful. But a careful reading of the Bible makes it pretty clear that this is not what we mean when we talk about prophets. Biblically, the primary definition of a prophet is someone who speaks for God. Old Testament prophets like Elijah and Elisha traveled the ancient world doing what God commanded and speaking God's word, often to people that didn't want to hear it. Today's first reading from 2 Kings finds Elisha traveling to Shunem in the north of ancient Israel, and he's welcomed by a childless couple who show him some remarkable hospitality and even give him his own room. And they're rewarded for their generosity by the birth of the son that they had longed for. Elisha was a prophet not because he predicted their future, but because his word, really God's word, had power. Because Elisha and the other Old Testament prophets spoke the truth, God's truth, their words often were not all that welcome. If you've read some of the prophetic writings in the Old Testament, and I hope you have, you know that the vast majority of their preaching isn't about some distant future. For the most part, these prophets were told by God to call their own people back to fidelity to their covenant with God. They spoke out to condemn their people's worship when it had become decadent and empty, and they denounced their people's failure to act with justice and charity. Uh, When you have a few moments, I recommend reading the prophet Hosea. We're used to hearing the lovely poetry of Hosea in that song from Weston Priory, come back to me with all your heart, Don't let fear keep us apart. That song is taken from about six lines of Hosea. For the rest of the book, Hosea is enraged at his people's faithlessness, condemning them and telling them that their sins will have horrible, horrible consequences. But the prophets don't just speak, they took action. They would do outrageous things to demonstrate to people in graphic ways that God is paying attention and will call them to accountability. So Hosea married a notorious notorious prostitute. And when he's saying, come back to me with all your heart, he is saying this to his unfaithful wife, who he intends to be a symbol of the faithlessness of the people of Israel. The prophet Jeremiah waved his filthy underwear at people. They were the performance artists of their day, 
trying to shock people out of their complacency. Well, here's a news flash. In the ancient world, people didn't like being shocked or scolded any more than they do today. The prophets made enemies, and many of them were killed for speaking the words that God gave them. In the gospel, Jesus reminds his followers to welcome the prophets. But he also reminds us that there is a cost to discipleship. We have to place our love of him above even our families, and we have to take up our crosses. And this isn't really the kind of news that anyone wants to hear. But it's the kind of prophetic speech that's designed to shake us out of our complacency and call us back to the deep love of God that impels us towards love of our neighbors and the love of justice. When Jesus speaks this confounding sentence, whoever finds his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it, you know, I actually find that kind of comforting because it's a reminder that even when we think we are losing something and whatever we think we're finding, God may have other plans for us that may seem like crosses to take up, but may actually be how his providence is worked out. In recent years, when all of our plans had to become provisional because of the pandemic, we often found ourselves called to a new kind of trust in God's providence. And that trust itself may be prophetic. So where are the prophets today? Who is empowered to speak God's word in ways that are powerful and that change the world? Well, look around you. It may be the people in the chairs behind you. It may be the person sitting on the couch next to you at home. These may be our prophets today. At our baptism, which St. Paul is talking about in our second reading, each of us was anointed with sacred chrism with the words, as Christ was anointed priest, prophet, and king, so may you live always as members of his body, sharing everlasting life. By our baptism, we have been anointed to speak God's word, to call our neighbors and our society to justice and charity, and to accept the cross that may come with that. When we live and speak and struggle and trust for the love of God's sake, we can trust also that we will have a prophet's reward.